I mean, I don't know if it's good or bad that I can see you clearly, but the product is doing The well. iPhone mini is a good camera, but yes, it's not responsible for the um, the content that uh, <laughs> is used for. Um, Indeed. What are we talking about? Something that was shot with an iPhone mini or? Talking about this lady. Uh, Godfather <laughs> 3? Is that what we're talking about? No, but we're talking about the lady who's responsible for uh, some of the bad things in Godfather Part 3. I guess. Not everything, but yes. No, no. no. <laughs> Not to catch a rising star material as far as an actress, but the auteur that is Sofia Coppola, who was the first filmmaker selected for our old podcast, a podcast directed by, which if you're listening to this, um, there's not that many of you that were into us. Putting our Sofia Coppola episodes in syndication. Here's a new episode because she made not one but two films after we were done with her. And I guess I don't really like the way you put that. Like, <laughs> well, I was about to double down and say, and also audiences were done with her as well. One of them was an Apple TV original, didn't get quite the push that uh, Ridley Scott's Napoleon. Uh, did or um what was their other big release oh yeah a little uh marty scorsese movie killers of the flower moon come on man don't don't on the rocks is not that bad brevity (laughs) is something marty can learn (laughs) he's made plenty of short films Uh, yeah there's like six of them in killers of the flower moon a fine miniseries sir you finally made it to tv look we're not (laughs) We're we're not doing this. We're, I refuse. I refuse. We're not going to talk shit about my hero. Uh, we're going to talk shit about someone because else. I uh, support so. women in film, and Dave does not. He just wants. We will say nothing. We'll we'll see. We'll see how supportive you come off as we go through these episodes. Are we still we talking have about Priscilla, about Miss Coppola. <laughs> not is that what we're talking about first? Are we talking about, how about the never? Rocks? What are we? How about we never talk about Priscilla. See, there's the supportive man that I know right there. So, yeah, but you bring up an interesting point about this Apple TV Plus thing. This might have been one of the first, especially with like a major known actor and director. Um, But unfortunately, it was pre Apple TV Plus going like, "Eh, we might we might make some awards runs. I don't you know, I, I feel like when you have Sofia Coppola. If this had been made this year, I think it would have been treated very, very, very differently, don't you? Hi, Dad. Hey, kiddo. Oh my gosh, do you look beautiful. Cliff, how's your mom's hip? Good, thanks. Good. He thinks you're my girlfriend. Bryce. Been busy? Yeah. Dean's traveling with clients all the time, and I'm just the buzzkill waiting to schedule things. Just, I'm so stuck. So Dean's going away a lot, huh? On business trips? Dad. Raise your hand if that sounds fishy. He's not like you. He's a good guy, a great dad. Sure, it's nature. Males are forced to fight, to dominate, and to impregnate all females. Maybe he's just not interested in me anymore. Impossible. A woman is at her most beautiful between the ages of 35 and 39. Great, so I have many months left. Felix, you're back in town. Been busy? Yeah. Got a lot going on. Do you? 
He should be worshiping the ground you walk on. And if he's doing something dishonorable, you need to know. What if Dean's just busy? I'm in a rut. That's it. I think we should follow him. What? I think you better see him in action. This is your idea of incognito? Coming through. Here's the plaza. This is the place to have an affair. It has the most exits. Exits on three streets. Can you just act a little less excited about this? Because this is my life. Oh. It might be falling apart. I don't know why women get plastic surgery. Because of men like you. Mm -mm. I prefer the factory original. <laughs> yeah, and every other make and model. Thank you. I'm going to take that as a compliment. <laughs> Are there two? Oh, scared me. So it premiered at the New York Film Festival in September of 2020. Mm hmm and then arrived oh. maybe at a limited theatrical run, but probably not. I mean, maybe New York, L.A. Yeah. But this was fall 2020. Was so... something going on that year? <laughs> yeah, you could you could maybe justify why this one kind of got lost in the uh, the shuffle. Um, I watched it. I think I was pretty excited when it hit Apple TV Plus mm -hmm. that fall. Um, you have someone of uh, Miss Coppola's stature as a filmmaker, um, reuniting with Bill Murray mm -hmm. in maybe a more traditional Bill Murray role right. than her previous work with Lost in Translation uh, as just the sort of cantankerous shitster, <laughs> I guess, as the father figure. Um, however, <laughs> I watched it again for this podcast, and I don't want to say that I forgot most of it because there's not a lot that happens it's a it's a mood movie yeah which i don't think you often get for just pure comedies i think this is just a straight up comedy yeah. with some some dramatic heft but for the most part it stays on the rails as a traditional comedy mm -hmm. between generations between father and daughter um but there's not a lot of bits there's a couple of bits like one of them involves um like this <laughs> you know stakeout and this like car chase which is just a, an excuse for her dad bill murray to be bill murray and be liked by everyone even the authorities who yep. are saying hey you you know breaking all sorts of traffic violations <laughs> the other one is when he convinces her to go to mexico to see if her husband is actually having an affair because that's been the basis of his romantic life is sleeping around with a lot of women she knows this mm -hmm. uh, as his daughter um do the bits work for you? Because while the stuff I didn't remember, uh, that sounds like an insult. That's the stuff I liked more was just hanging out with these characters. And it's like when it gets a little too, uh, sitcom -y, um, mm -hmm. I, I kind of fall out of favor with the movie, but when it's just them having conversations about their lives and just sort of wondering, like, is this the way my, my life is going as well? Does it match my parents sort of, uh, romantic relationship and that's not what i want mm -hmm. i'm really into it but yeah taking an extra trip to like spy and like mm -hmm. not pratfall but to be caught in awkward uh comedic situations not as much for me right so i'm going to answer that question but first um 
I just want to tell you, uh, this was a movie I treated like you treat movies. This is not a compliment coming. <laughs> it's, it um, was, oh no. It was a movie that I did not see when it came out. You know why? Cause it was on Apple TV plus. It was a square uh, on a streaming and I was like, you have the service. <laughs> you just choose not to you know, acknowledge it. I don't know if I did then. Maybe that, that was a long time ago. Uh, but <laughs> Dave. In 2020, if you had purchased an iPhone within the last, uh, you that's, probably that's, did have access yeah, to the service. That's probably true. You probably had complimentary service. I probably on that had one. three opportunities to have that complimentary mm-hmm. service. And it was a movie when I first heard about, it, like, oh, I want to see that. You know, because I like Sofia Coppola as a director very much. I like Bill Murray, like Rashida Jones. Like, this, okay, great. This will be great. And then I just kind of forgot about it and it just went to the back of my brain and. I didn't watch it until maybe for the first time three or four months ago. Um, so I cannot say like, oh, I didn't remember because uh, it's only been three months and I just rewatched it for that for this podcast. But I think you're right. I think this would have served it would have served Coppola more if she treated it like a before sunset, before sunrise, before midnight, because these two people are so damn charming that you don't need a plot. You don't need something driving you forward. But it feels like Coppola felt like she needed that. Well, I need them to go somewhere. I need them to get caught up in this ridiculous notion that maybe he's cheating and maybe he's not. And then you have this moment where <laughs> the lead female character is about to like, I'm going to, I'm going to knock on that door. And then that's when Bill Murray's character takes him out and be like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Like, really? Now is when we're stopping? Now that you drug me from America to Mexico, I'm going to, now you're going to stop me from knocking on the door? This doesn't really work for me. But, you know, one thing I really like about that sequence is Coppola had every opportunity to tell you what's going on, whether it's he's cheating or he's not. Because all she would have had to do for us to truly believe he wasn't cheating is when those two women in the house, she could have said, this is my girlfriend. This is my partner. But she just said, this is my friend. So at the end of the movie, you kind of still, it could go either way. Uh, and I kind of like that about the movie, that it doesn't give you an easy answer. I know a few answer. people who are disagreeing with you because uh, our main character is Rashida Jones. And so they're saying the answer is no. <laughs> he's just he's just working and hustling. And, uh, you know, I will spoil the movie if you haven't seen it. Uh, his point of view is that he he really can't believe or at least what he expresses to her, the sort of windfall of his life that he gets to be with this woman and he just hopes that he can stay impressive for her. He hopes he can just attain enough to just like, (laughs) you know, building this little fire. If he can just, (laughs) if he can just sustain that, sustain the fire long enough. And I choose to believe that he's, he's not, that he's not sort of wanting for anything. He just can't believe his, his good luck. And are is, we going to pretend like Rashida Jones has not been cheated on in media before? Are we, are we going to – We come on. One of your favorite shows, right? The Office? Uh, <laughs> See? <you> See? Know, <laughs> you know, then then you're getting into – and I'm not bringing people's like real relationships into this. But then you're getting into the like, well – you know, Pam came first. That's the, was complicated. the love of and, his life. Know, Come on. You know, <laughs> they, it, it's, you know, it's one thing when you have your little relationship and, uh, you know, Scranton, and then you have to move to the other your branch. Your little then, you know, relationship. Good <laughs> Lord. 
you know, it's different. It was different in Scranton for Jim, and I don't know. I think Jim and Pam for getting to the office. You know, uh, the show, the the sexual politics probably is not aged as well. I don't think Pim or uh, Pam and Jim are seen as favorably as they were in the 2000s. Yeah, you watch people um, who watch it for the first time now and Jim is kind of a villain and it's so interesting cuz yeah. I, you know, having watched it when it was first on, I was just like, nice guy, everything's great. <laughs> I just thought I was an idiot for not, you know, accepting like Mr. Wayne's is here that's like Rashida Jones just fell in my lap. Yep. I'm I'm good. I'm I'm over Pam. That was never going to work out. She was engaged, whatever. Life is good. Let's move on. Um I sort of, I like the, the sort of someone like uh, Rashida Jones, very beautiful woman, very charming, um, very. but she plays grounded very well. Mm-hmm. She, she plays because she, what she can do comedically is react to people without necessarily reacting for a laugh. Right. She just sort of stays in the moment and the situation can be funny. Her reaction is, but I, I could also see people watching this and not finding her particularly amusing mm-hmm. just if they if they side with her so much with her viewpoint her concerns they may treat this as like a sort of you know modest uh melodrama mm. about this 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 domestic partnership um but i <laughs> i do like having someone finally express is like I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm concerned about the ground I'm standing right. on like I have to <laughs> like I have to keep moving forward to not provide for, but to like basically keep you interested. And the fact, the fact that two people don't realize how interested they are mm-hmm. in each other totally. is sort of, is a sad, but amusing punchline. It's not like the, right. it doesn't make all this wasted comedy. effort. Like what yeah. are we, uh, <laughs> yeah. couldn't we have had this conversation a hundred minutes ago? We would have been fine. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think you bring up a good point. And I think really what you're saying is that Rashida Jones is kind of the secret weapon of this movie. Um, yes. You know, uh, he's great, obviously, right? He's doing his Murray thing. You know, it's, it's, it's very clearly Coppola loves Bill Murray and she's allowing him to play here and he's having a great time, you know, whether he's like deeply inhaling the roses or just randomly flirting, making jokes. The scene you mentioned with the police officers is kind of a, kind of a highlight for me. Like that, that interaction is great. But what Rashida Jones does better than almost anybody is both take up space and allow space for other performers. Sometimes there are actors who allow space for other performers and it's too much. They just take a back seat and they let Bill Murray tap dance his way through another nonsensical scene. She still seems like a human being. She still seems like a real person who has real reactions uh, to this man. Like you see the connection they have, but you also understand that, you know, she doesn't love everything about him. She understands his foibles, his weaknesses, but she still cares about him. And you really get that through not a lot of dialogue. You really get it, honestly, when the rest of the family is talking trash about him. And she just kind of goes, well, you know, <laughs> and she doesn't really defend him, but she also doesn't join in on the like, let's beat up on dad bit. And I really love her performance in this movie. I think, weirdly, even though Bill Murray is the one doing all the antics and he has all the jokes and the big moments, I think she really carries the movie. She allows him to be able to do his thing really, really well. I mean, it's a, you know, it's a double-edged thing with her that she has accepted her father for who he Mm -hmm. is. But through that acceptance, it has allowed her to 
to see people as sort of multifaceted that way, including possibly her husband. Like, well, maybe he's maybe he's not totally satisfied with this mm-hmm. this life. Like, I I don't know because you have someone like a Bill Murray who can be so charming and can make friends with anyone. This version of this character of Bill mm-hmm. Murray who is not. You know, I guess the the alternate version is that he's standoffish and truculent, like in a, a Groundhog Day. Sure, uh, but here, yeah. <laughs> here he can make friends with anybody. But the authenticity is what she questions. It's like she accepts him for the level that he can provide, which is not particularly intimate. <laughs> sure, but because he doesn't have to be like a permanent fixture in her life anymore, her like her little family unit, she's fine with it. Mm-hmm. But as soon as his philosophy seems to encroach on her territory. Like is my life becoming like one of the many chapters in, in his, which well, he seems fine. He seems fine to uh, be like a tourist mm-hmm. you know, amongst many other people's lives. She does not want to be a tourist. Like right. she is, she has started her own family. I like that. That fear is not played for melodrama, but she expresses it in that way where it's like, I'm not condemning you, but that's not what I want for my life. Right. Like it, it has worked for you, but it's not going to work for me. Mm-hmm. And I also think like, uh, so- Sofia Coppola as a writer, I think, kind of really shines here uh, in this movie. Like, I-, I think it can be seen as slight. And I guess in comparison to some of... We'll get to that. <laughs> in comparison <laughs> to some of her other work, maybe it is. Maybe it is a hang movie. Maybe it is a vibe movie. But there's a couple really powerful moments within this vibe movie. The sequence where you allow her father to mourn the loss of the other woman, the loss of the woman that he cheated on her mother with. When your mom and I were first together, she was so amazing. I mean, she's shown all her light on me. But when you guys came along, all that light went to you two. And when someone looked at me again like that, you know, I wanted that glow again. You're such a baby. We all just want to be loved. It's exhausting. Why? It's exhausting to try to love you enough. Your mother had all these things she wanted to do all of a sudden, and all her friends, and she had you kids. You know, when Holly came along and was so crazy about me, I wasn't used to it. So that's all it took? That was the appeal, that, that she just looked at you with such adoration? <laughs> yeah, and your mom didn't want to travel with me anymore. I needed to travel. She wouldn't go. She suggested I take Holly. Holly just started the gallery. Did you know that she died this year? No. She died. I never thought I'd outlive her. She was only 50. I don't really remember her. She was funny. And very smart. And a terrifically talented painter. I never got to say goodbye to her. After everything you put us through, what it did to Mom, and then you didn't even stay with Holly. Was it worth it? 
It was heartbreaking. For everyone. And again, that holding space, that character, of course, it's written this way, but also performed brilliantly, that she doesn't lash out at him. Like, she tells him, I'm hurt by this, but she doesn't say, like, you know, because if it was me, I might be like, I don't want to fucking hear about your sadness about the the person that you slept with and left our family for. Like, fuck you. But instead, she lets him process it. And it's also a really good emotional performance by Mur- by Murray. I think he's really, really good there. It's kind of his one moment to be real, to kind of like drop the facade, the silliness and just be like, yeah, there's I have actual regret. And I also like there's there's a bunch of lines in here that she writes about, you know, you can't be deaf to women's voices. You have daughters, you have granddaughters. So stop with the jokes. Stop with the like, oh, I just can't hear these women complaining about me like your family is still here and we want to be a part of your life. And it's that separation of her father, the womanizer and her father, the grandpa, because she sees she sees her kids with him and how much they love him and how good he is with them. And you can watch it like tug at her heartstrings. So for him to say, like, I just can't listen to you ladies. It's like, no. That's not good enough. And even though she doesn't really judge him, she still holds him to a higher standard than anyone else. All the other people in his life have accepted, oh, he's a cad. He's a playboy. He just throws money around and flirts. That's his thing. She's like, yeah, those are all true, but you can be more and I want more from you. I think as his daughter, she feels, you know, she has the right to ask mm-hmm. for more. Um and it's it's not a selfish request just for herself. As you point out, it's because of other people that are now her blood, her family mm-hmm. that she's asking for. Like she, she's basically calling in the favor of like you know I didn't, I didn't really ask much of you <laughs> right, right. when I was when I was growing up. And you owe so me, now, man. Like, it's, just, <laughs> it's just a small request. But in that scene where he's talking about the the other woman and that that sort of the effect it had on his life. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes back to not only her performer, but the character itself. Like she is just allowing him the space mm-hmm. to be like, okay, like I, I want you to be authentic. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't ask for you to be like, can you just cut the shit, cut the act. And then you give me something that not, I don't like. Not like that. Like, yeah, exactly. It's a, <laughs> you can't ask for authenticity and be like, let me frame it in the way I want. Let me mold right, it right. into the authentic. Yeah. You know. So I, I, I appreciate that about the movie, but I, I think that's why, it's an odd hang movie because, you know, most of them, if you go to like the, the link later ones, which you, you reference with like the before series, it's going to, you know, it's going to start with this sort of idyllic romance, this one night we have together. And then you get to the end of the trilogy and it's like, how do we sustain a, a marriage <laughs> at that point? Uh, or you could go to like, everybody wants some, which I love, which is for the most part, young, young men, like in our main character, like first weekend in college, fucking around and i think that's what people think of with a hang movie they think of like a super bad or something where it's like boys be boys that's or you know if you have the female uh version of it it was like olivia wilde's book smart something like that where it's like crazy hijinks of people when they're at a crossroads in their life usually something like young adult related it's weird to see like you know middle age and also the golden years for like bill murray a hang movie where it's people saying we've accepted each other sort of as we are 
but can we push for just a little more? Like during this, what could be very highly stressful, we think that, you know, this family unit could fall apart. Do I rely on my father, who was like a one-man wrecking crew of sort of family units, and attempt to learn just a little bit more about him to take like from his mistakes and try to not replicate them? Now, that's where the comedy comes in. She does veer pretty close to replicating his mistakes in a different way uh, with her with the paranoia. Um, I don't know if I can think of like a hang movie that rides the line like this one, which, as you said, it can veer into slight because I watched it previously enjoyed myself but didn't really retain much with it because it doesn't really have that many sort of like you know killer scenes there's not going to be ethan hawk and julie delpy throwing caution in the wind saying fuck our plan like we're meeting back here you're not gonna have that climactic sort of emotional sort of like enthralling moment instead it just feels like there's some like quiet relief like oh thank god like we're okay it doesn't really lend itself to being like a classic cross three act structure or have that dramatic heft at the end, but I still liked it. I still like really enjoyed just being around these characters. Yeah. That's, that's so interesting. Cause it, it builds up the tension and then it's just like, never mind. It just like, <laughs> yeah. you just go back to your room. Everything's <laughs> fine. Um, one more positive thing though, I think about this movie is I think it's a really great view on the damaged human brain. It's so easy for us to make, jumps in logic and jump to conclusions like because you're with this character the whole way you're with Rashida Jones the entire way so all you see is her perspective so as you're watching this beautiful young woman talk to her husband and maybe touch him a little too much maybe laugh a little too much like you're like yeah yeah like you you do get caught up in this right and then there's the whole you know he went to cartier and she didn't get anything like it's just like yeah man this guy is dirty this guy is cheating it's it's the love actually bit man come on you gotta can't be that guy you You can't buy the jewelry you don't give her the Joni mitchell cd right that's right that's right (laughs) yeah so it is it is a really interesting look at that and i think it's really smart to play this from only one viewpoint like you don't even really get it from her dad's viewpoint you only see him when he comes into her orbit and i think that is a super smart choice and also probably keeps the runtime down right it's an hour and a half i think if you start popping in with these other characters perspectives this becomes a two-hour movie really quickly and it doesn't need to be and you know i mentioned the word slight and it is uh, but i don't mean that as an insult There is nothing wrong with a movie you just kind of sink into and just kind of enjoy. And then like a couple months later, you're like, wait, what? What was that about? Like what? I remember the basics, but nothing really, really stands out. And it also makes me wonder if granted this movie, if this happened, this movie would never get made. But if she hadn't worked with Bill Murray before in this, what is seen in many circles as a classic, right? As a masterpiece. I wonder if we view this differently because I, I wonder how many people came into this with that baggage, right? Mm-hmm. And then you're just like, well, this isn't, I mean, it's good and he's funny, but whatever. Like, it's just it's like, and you're, you're getting kind of a great comedic Bill Murray performance. I think in many ways he is best when he is a supporting character where he could just come in and lighten the mood and have a good time. You heard it here first. Dave says, 
Another classic is coming up with Ghostbusters Frozen Empire with a <laughs> literally appearance from Bill Murray. I'm definitely editing this episode. Literally <laughs> words that would never come out of my mouth. Absolutely not. I'm trying to remember if I saw the last Ghostbusters movie. That Talk about slight. That's... <laughs> What do you mean, Stranger Things, season seven or whatever it is? Uh, I mean, that's... I can't even watch Stranger Things, so I definitely don't want to watch them be Ghostbusters. (laughs) Are those those kids going to be like 40 when they get around to making the last season? Good Lord. They must be. Good Lord. Like, can we just be done? And I'm I'm tired of that show and I don't even watch it. That's how... That's how constant it is. I just can't deal. Yeah. You know, I'm not trying to get us off on that because... Neither one of us watched Stranger Things, but it's like, wasn't Obama still president when that show started? Like, it just yes, we've been through a lot. Um, so yes, no wonder up. they've aged so much. No wonder it seems like they're forty. The country has been through a lot. I'm going to try to wrap us up with okay. uh, Priscilla if we can, because I don't know if I can do an entire episode. <laughs> okay, we're linking them up. All right, good, good. You don't want to just be like, I hate it for like 25 minutes. <laughs> Hi. What's your name? Priscilla Boyer. You like Elvis Presley? Of course. Who doesn't? What are the kids listening to these days? Bobby, Darren, Fabian, and you. (laughs) Just what is the intent here, Mr. Presley? You got women throwing themselves at you. Why my daughter? Well, sir, I happen to be very fond of your daughter. She's much more mature than her age. 21! 22. That's 22. 22. You don't have to worry about it. Black hair and more eye makeup. I don't know if I like it. What do you mean you don't know if you like it? He's not like you imagined. There's a lot of rumors about you. Was well, there something you're hiding? I don't have a goddamn thing to hide. Oh, I need a woman who understands that things like this might happen. Are you gonna be here or not? You know, I mean, I watched this one theatrically and I think I just zoned out. Like, I think it went after work and just like stared at the screen and occasionally thought, uh, what lovely compositions. And, you know, everyone's, you know, Elvis seems like a, a jackass, but I, I get, you know, you know, he's attractive and he's played by, you know, the guy from uh, Saltburn, right? That's correct. That's that's my, my J- point of reference. Jacob Elordi, yes. Uh, okay, whatever. <laughs> uh, you're never going to be Brad Pitt, so I don't give a fuck. Um, Someday we don't, he might be. We don't make new movie stars. Yeah, I'm I'm very much in that sort of, uh, uh, I guess there's a sort of a transient nature where it's like, eh, I know it's. I know you're not going to hit. So why do I need to commit to you? You should like, be. Here's matter. a reason you should be happy about Jacob Elordi. He's an actual actor, male actor who is actually tall. He's one of you, Mike. He's one of your people. 
don't try to win me over this. This this movie is pretty dull. Um, here's I, 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 notice how I'm changing it from talking about the movie to just talking about the sexy yeah. male co-star. Um, <laughs> here, here's what I, I will appreciate, and it's more um, from a philosophical standpoint than actually sitting and watching. This is I think it's almost two hours long. Like when you brought up on the rocks runtime, Mike, I was like, Mike, oh, there is Lord. no way this is under three hours. I refuse to believe it. What I will appreciate is I am, and you know, this may be generational, uh, whatever. I, I, I did not grow up an Elvis fan. That, that happened before my time, before Dave's time. Yeah. Even I know him as an icon. Time, yes. Yeah. I, <laughs> see, I didn't even lean in that direction. I was just saying, presumably anyone listening. <laughs> yes. Um, it's before our time and he he's dead and gone. And, you know, you just know, uh, big Elvis, like the big Vegas Elvis. Mm. So I know the big sweaty one. And it's like, and then you'd have to go back to the black and white. I'd probably Forrest Gump was more exposure than I ever had to Elvis was just his brief sequence. Not, where not Bubba Hotep. That wasn't your, <laughs> I never actually watched that. Oh movie. man. Um, I think I own a copy of it, but I never sit down and watch it. So that is to say, I know of Elvis as an idea. Sure. Which, Maybe makes this version of Elvis more palatable than the Boz Lerman mm. version, which is like, you know, Elvis is the uh, icon who's also a hero. Like, you know, it's like this is what he meant to so many people. And look how he got screwed over by Tom Hanks doing this weird accent. Oh. Um, that is spectacle. And this is not. Mm-hmm. But I was really troubled by how much I love Marie Antoinette mm-hmm. and did not take to this one. Because there's a lot of similarities, and I don't know why. It's because one, it's because it's fun. Because it's a fun oh, movie. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I know I did not have fun with this one, but uh-huh. um, yeah, it's. I mean, it's a 14 year old child bride. I'm uncomfortable. Yeah, like, constantly. From the jump. Yes. And so yeah, I just don't. <laughs> it's like it's one of those things that I I guess if you want a an Elvis hit job, that's not really a hit job mm-hmm. because I don't think they're really like, overextending to like make up like terrible things about him. I think the yeah. situation is unseemly. Yeah, pretty gross. And it's <laughs> it does seem that Sofia Coppola is bringing a pretty accurate representation of um having any sort of romantic entanglement with celebrity, which I I would assume she's she's grown up with sure. uh, with a very famous filmmaker father. Um so she understands uh people who work in the arts that kind of get away with bad behavior or have expectations mm-hmm. of how mm-hmm when they allow quote unquote normal people into their kingdom, all of that's there. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to spend two hours of my life with it. It's really what it comes down to. I just don't want to be involved in this situation. Mm-hmm. Just icky. Sure. Icky would be the sure. word. <laughs> I, I loved, I love seeing this before you because at one point you asked me, you said you were going to go see it. I'm like, Oh man, you are going to hate this. Like every once in a while, I just know, I just know a movie that you're going to despise. Um, uh-huh. I sadly am closer to your opinion than the opinion of a lot of critics. Good reviews, uh, right? Yeah, I don't think quite good. I don't think they apply to. <laughs> I'd say this real life. No, like I don't feel like outside. Who of, would like, you recommend this to? No, yeah, yes, not. yeah. I don't. So, and I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying it needs to be more like the Lerman version, which oh, was no. presented <laughs> as big spectacle. Yeah. But it's it's you know it would make it for an odd fucking double feature. <laughs> yes, I think it's a bit it's a bit much yes. of Elvis for me, so I'm never going to attempt that. Yeah, and 
it's this is the very definition of a movie that I respect more than I like. Like you said, like there's a lot of beauty to be seen on screen in this. The compositions, the shots are stunning. And I think Kaylee Spaney, who plays Priscilla, is quite good. Um, but the movie doesn't give her a lot to do. It is a movie that is about two hours long. And I would say about an hour and a half of it is pretty girl trapped in a house and that's a long time that's a lot to ask and i feel like the point got across sooner than maybe sofia coppola realized um because it just becomes a movie where you're like okay she's going into another nice room and really wants to go outside okay and but some of my major issues with the movie actually are like kind of makeup um related so she's a 14 year old girl um, it's creepy. It's icky, as you said. And I think Jacob Elordi actually plays those scenes really well, where you can see how she would be charmed. But from the outside looking in, you're like, no, no, stop. Gross. Ugh, I don't want to be here for this. You get both of those things. Um, but the problem is the movie takes place. <laughs> it makes me think. Sorry to interrupt. Mm-hmm. You, you brought up uh, Jim and Pam from The Office and how that's changed over the last yeah. you know, 15 years. <laughs> It can get worse. Yeah, we go back way, further in time. Way, it gets way worse. Yeah, <laughs> it gets way worse than just staring above your PC monitor at the cute uh, office assistant. Yes, uh, age appropriate is a good starting place. Yes, to- absolutely. <laughs> so she's a fourteen-year-old girl. The problem is the movie takes place over many years, and by the end of the movie, she still looks like a fourteen-year-old girl. Um, so that yes. is very distracting, as it's like she's supposed to be many, and they're like, okay, yeah, let's change her hair and make it bigger like it it became a weird joke as they (laughs) i guess age in this world is your hair gets taller like it just continued and continued i love dave the (laughs) studio executive with the notes that's like at a certain point people age got to look people it's got to look legal like can we please make this look legal at some point well like as time passes people age i don't this is not a dramatic statement that was a a big thing with the boz lerman version you're gonna get the version (laughs) of Elvis, you're going to see him, he's going to sweat more. Poor Austin Butler. And there's also there's also a couple sequences and uh, it was pointed out by by my wife Tessa that you can see the as where the sideburns are on Jacob Elordi you can see the glue kind of coming up because they uh, keep having these close-ups of just his profile so you kind of can't help but see it and that's a very strange for a Coppola movie. She is, if nothing else, detail-oriented. Everything is a <laughs> certain see, way. Where her uh, relationship with Apple uh, soured because she had a, I think it was a mini series that she wanted to do. With, oh yeah, uh, yeah, Florence Pugh. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and which now I'm mad was, about. Like, <laughs> well, I was like, what? Well, that, that's kind of lame. Like, you know, Apple is supposed to be basically they write blank checks to anybody, even even fucking some to men, Marty Scorsese to men. Guy. Yeah, yeah well, not these okay. women directors. So. <laughs> So she wanted to do this, right? And she referenced um, Marie Antoinette as far as, like, that was, I think, at the time, like, the biggest budget she has, has worked with in mm-hmm. her career. And she said this series that she wanted to do with Florence Pugh was going to be five Marie Antoinettes. Marie Antoinette had a budget of $40 million. Ooh, and I'm like, oh, well. That's Scorsese oh, money, baby. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not saying don't do it. But I'm also not like when I when I had the numbers there, I was like, oh, I I guess I kind of see why that's 
Yeah, that's that's, that's not happening. That's a little fair. I'd watch it if you get the, if you get them to sign off on it. I'll watch it, but yeah, I'm not gonna you know really count on that right. coming across as Dave would say as a lovely square. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Streaming that's, device. Yeah. So Priscilla just feels to me like a beautifully made film that didn't hit me. And I, I found myself getting annoyed with the movie and with myself as I was shifting in my seat. Like, because I walk, cause you know, I love Sofia Coppola. There's, I don't think there is a single movie until Priscilla that at some level I didn't like or love. And I was sitting there in the theater, just kind of like trying to keep myself awake, shifting in my seat, opening up my eyes up really wide. And I was like, this sucks. This is not the experience I wanted to have with the new kind of awards level Sofia Coppola movie. Of course, it got nominated for like nothing, but I really wanted to enjoy it. And I just found myself getting, as the movie drug on, getting more and more annoyed with the fact that we're still doing this thing. We're still a beautiful girl trapped in the beautiful trappings of riches and fame. And we never get to see any of it, of course, because Elvis is always gone because it's Priscilla's story. And I just found it, I found it a very frustrating watch. And I, I wonder whenever I have an experience like this with a director, I really like, I always like to kind of give it like a year and then go back and try again. Cause like, maybe I was just in the wrong mindset in the wrong situation and maybe I'll enjoy it more on the next watch. But for now it's one of those movies that seems to be universally loved by cinephiles. It's just like, man, that one's just not for me. Perhaps it's unfair, but um, to me, it just felt like, is this the, her seventh feature film? Like, I, I, think, I think that's right. Yeah, some, um, it does not feel like something that would come after Marie Antoinette. It feels like something that would come before. Yes. And this mm-hmm. is a bit of, of a layup for her. It does not feel like, I, I know we talked about before the on the rocks is kind of slight and it's, is, you know, just a, a throwaway comedy or can have that, that feeling just the hang movie nature that feels more daring to try to get mm-hmm. that tonally right. in that particular relationship. Yeah. And it feels further afield from lost in translation, as you said, with Bill Murray's performance, than this does from Virgin suicides and Marie Antoinette. This feels like the precursor to either one of those films, mm-hmm. which were, you know, her first and third films. As, yeah. Yeah. So this feels like a step back for me and it feels too easy. I understand that she's, you know, dealing with a real character and she sure. got, you know, permission from the family. So maybe it's limited and maybe it's just, you know, something she really wanted to do as a, as a counterpoint to the sort of Elvis narrative, especially with Boz Lerman's film being such a hit, but for her, and especially where this is sequencing, our whole podcast is about making a list and sort of going down the list. This just feels like she's past this yeah. to me at this point. Yeah. This it doesn't, it, I don't know. To me, it felt pretty one note where once she's in the house, I don't ever get a sense that she ever is enjoying being around Elvis. Now she just feels like a captive for an hour and a half. And, mm-hmm. and I, I have trouble. So am I. <laughs> yes. I'm right there with yes. you, Priscilla. <laughs> I have trouble believing that there was no happy moment in any of those years. And we don't really get to see that. And I wish there would have been some ups with the downs, right? You talked about matching that tone with on the rocks, which is a real challenge. Like you said, this is not a challenge. It's just going like, I was swept up by the celebrity of it all. And now my life is hell until I, no, until I, I leave. This. Like that's, I hate this. I hate this. <laughs> yeah. And maybe she did. I, I don't know. 
Does um, it make a real interesting movie, even if it's true? I know I did. <laughs> I know I hated it the entire time. So the perfect way to end. I hated it the entire time. <laughs> Thank you, Miss Coppola, for two more films for us to discuss. We appreciate you. Better luck next time. <laughs> more so than Apple. We don't have any money to give you, but we you know we wish you well. That's... Find find all that streaming money yeah. while you can. Yep. Get that Netflix cash.